Hello everyone, today is Friday, July 26th. It's almost Saturday, July 27th, where I am. But for you, it's probably Friday morning. Um, <clears throat> today I have an interesting interview for you to listen to with a with an acquaintance of mine who does political podcasting on YouTube, but he's not an Adventist. I figured it would be interesting to talk to a non-Adventist about their opinions about Adventism, because, you know, <laughs> we we Adventists like to talk about ourselves a lot, but let's hear what someone else has to say about it. Um, and then we talk a little bit of pop culture, and then we close it out. So, I don't think it requires a lot of introduction, but here is Jay Edgar. Check out his show. Um, he'll give all the plugs and everything. And, uh, yeah. Um, thanks for being here. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you were willing to come on the show because, well, I don't know, maybe, I'm not so sure. It might be easier for non-Adventists to come on the show. Sometimes I have trouble getting Adventists on the show because people don't like to speak openly about their true feelings about the church. But, you know, maybe an outside perspective will will be a good thing. So, uh, first of all, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us who you are, what's your religious background, all that sort of thing. Well, my name is Jay Edgar. I am a podcast host. Um, I host Ed's World over on YouTube. I I have a religious background to an extent. Um, religion has been something that's fascinated me for my whole life. Yet I don't feel the need or the desire to be associated with a church specifically. Uh, I was raised Lutheran. I was confirmed Lutheran. But as I grew older and started studying religion as a hobby, I quickly started to realize the fact that I looked at the power structures of most churches and realized that there were ulterior motives, and I didn't care for that very much. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people within organized religion can still identify with that attitude. <laughs> um, <laughs> one, of, one of the people that I like to listen to was mentioning the other day. Uh, I won't say who it is, but that they said something controversial in something that they wrote and uh, implying that uh, the Adventist church as an organization is becoming more and more authoritarian. And in, a, in a, an effort to show how not authoritarian the church is, they uninvited him from a speaking <laughs> engagement that he'd been uh, scheduled for. So, so yeah, I think we can all sort of understand that to an extent, even if we still uh, associate ourselves with the organization. Um, but I wanted to ask you, because you're not an Adventist, you don't have an Adventist background, uh, kind of what you know, if anything, about Adventism. What have you heard? Well, I had to actually sit down and ask some questions because I, I'm from Wisconsin. I grew up here, and with the exception of two years of my life, I've lived here for my entire life. And one of the memes that goes around about this state is, uh, you know you're from Wisconsin if half your friends are Catholic and the other half are Lutheran. So I only know, <laughs> like, one person that is truly Adventist, and um, he drives for uh, where I work on my full-time job, which I'm not going to talk about too much. But he was able, because we were talking about houses on a certain road over by me, because I'm kind of in the market to buy right now. And he pointed out that he grew up in an Adventist uh, school that was on the same road that I was looking. And that's the reason I was able to reach out for him. 
Um, I learned a lot just from talking to him. I didn't realize that there was such a, you know, such a heavy aspect on vegetarianism. That seemed to be one of the big aspects that he kept bringing up. And I, you know, I never knew anything about that. Is that actually are, yeah. like, do you keep vegetarian or? Yeah, I'm a vegetarian, but it's, uh, I didn't grow up vegetarian. A lot of Adventists do. I didn't because, um, <laughs> well, American Adventists do. My mom is from the Philippines and Filipino Adventists, people, international Adventists don't tend to be as vegetarian as Americans. But yes, if you were to ask any random person on the street what they know about Adventism, if they knew nothing at all, the most likely thing they would know is that we tend to be vegetarian. That is interesting. That's, um, uh... That's an idea that I had never thought of and never really associated with any religion outside of progressivism. But I should probably try and keep some of the political commentary (laughs) for my show. No, no, that's actually, I made a meme one time. You know, the the black and white arm gripping meme of like people identifying over certain things. You know, that one that I'm talking about. No, I don't. I'm sorry. Oh, (laughs) it's two like uh, ripped arms like in a mutual grip and one's black and one's white and they use it to see uh unlikely partners i guess so i i put like uh you know liberal vegans secular vegans and then adventists on the other one and then in the middle of them gripping over vegetarianism it's kind of a weird like we have all the health food stores and that that's like how the one way that we identify with the weird new agey hippie movement is there's a crossover there in our our health lifestyles but it's not so much well you can ask other Adventists but in general it's not so much ethical as much as just a health thing oh yeah that was you know from what uh the driver told me there's a lot of you know body is the temple idea and making sure that you take care what to do. You're not supposed to drink to excess, which I'm familiar with from, I've got a very, very deeply rooted Baptist friend. He's it's Brian. He's been on my show before. Um, I have that going. Um, I understand the way that goes, but other than that, I know that a lot of that came, it branched out from the 95 theses that Martin Luther, the progenitor of the religion that I grew up in posted on the Catholic church as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I probably all of my audience already knows this, so this is FYI for you. Um, but Loma Linda, which is like the Adventist, one of the Adventist hubs, cause our medical school is here, um, is one of the, is the only blue zone, I think in the United States, um, which is blue zones are, uh, places where people tend to live the longest. Okay. And I think that has something to do with it. So if you watch about blue zones, you'll find that out. I'll have to look into um, that. But anyway. Yeah. So uh, anything else? Did you find out anything else interesting about Adventism? Well, I was interested to find out because, you know, again, grow up Lutheran. I'm, I'm used to religions that originated back in, you know, the turn of the time period i don't know what you would call that but like zero when christianity started when christ was born or the fact that it was 1500 a.d when martin luther posted the 95 theses on the wall i was surprised to find out that adventism is actually a relatively new thing uh started in what was it the 40s in battle creek michigan 
No, well, not the 1940s, the 1840s. But yes, it's relatively new. It was, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But other than that, I just know that uh, they go to church on Saturday and I work on Saturday morning, so I don't get to go. <laughs> uh, another interesting fact, speaking of you being in Wisconsin, um, Oshkosh, Wisconsin is every five years, uh, the North American Division, which is the uh, North American section of the church, um, holds their Pathfinder Camporee, which Pathfinders is basically like co-ed scouts, basically boy scouts and girl scouts, but religious. <laughs> anyway, so the NAD uh, has Oshkosh Camporee, which is supposed to be for the NAD, the North American division, but also people from all over the world come and it's like, I don't know, like 50,000 people and that happens every five years um so so far uh going to church on saturday that is part of doctrinal stuff everything else basically is kind of cultural uh do you have any impressions of Adventist doctrine at all and do you know enough to know whether you your personal brand of religion if there's anything that coincides or opposes what you personally believe well, I, you know, I'm very libertarian on my personal life and political. So I look at any structure out there where there are men in charge, and I realize that every one of those structures has the capability of being corrupted. That's part of the reason that I don't like to associate myself with any organized religion. Um, as far as Adventism goes, I think the rules would be a bit too strict for me to try and maybe raise a family back into that myself it's it is it's you know i want to do what i want to do i i want to eat meat i mean <laughs> if god didn't intend us to eat meat he wouldn't have made animals so tasty <laughs> i'm sorry but that's just the way i look at meat eating well i mean yeah for sure uh, it's not a mandate by any means um i know especially here in southern california because we're in the we do what we want area of the NAD. <laughs> Most people aren't vegetarian. Um, it's a trope of Adventism. But anyway, um, continue with your thoughts. I don't know. Again, um, from what I understand out of most of it, a lot of that does branch away from the, or not the Adventist, but the Lutheran Methodist uh, methodology of how religion came to be and how organized religion came to be. And I understand a lot of that because of being confirmed into it. Um, you understand, can you say again, you understand a lot of what? I, because I grew up in a Lutheran church, I understand a lot of where the uh, religion comes from. I understand uh, what the, some of the ideals are being put forward from this. I don't know, again, a lot of doctrine and what's yeah, different yeah. between being like a Lutheran and an Adventist, but from just a little bit of skimming that I've done and asking from people, a lot of this is Lutheranism with a with a different societal structure. Yeah, I think there are there are a lot of parallels. Um, Lutheran is a Protestant religion, and we have a lot in common with a lot of other pr Protestant denominations. Like you said, we have a lot of rules and like almost Catholic levels of guilt, but. You know, we have our unique ways, but I do think that there are there are a lot of parallels there. Um, so I wanted to ask you, do you think that having struggles and beefs with organized religion um, and faith in general is 
kind of a common experience for millennials as a generation or do you think this is true across denominations what has your experience been well i think it's uh true across denominations it's it's something that christ talked about or not christ uh peter is the one that's associated with that it's something that peter talked about across generations it's something that we're all going to struggle with no matter what we do um to quote from first peter 5 8 uh Peter says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And I think a lot of that plays into the world trying to separate our generation, especially, but generations before and generations behind from organized religions, because that would discourage anybody from studying a religion like I have. I mean, unless you go to church every week, why? interest would you have in anything like that and that separates the flock from the shepherd and that's also interesting that you quote peter considering that the catholic church considers him the founder of the organized religion of the world yeah saint peter the first pope (laughs) exactly and the gatekeeper of heaven as Um, well (laughs) right exactly uh, so just now sort of zooming out a little bit from Adventism sp- specifically and talking about sort of religion in the United States as a whole, do you think that, I mean, the USA has traditionally been known and understood as a Christian nation. Do you think that now in 2019 we're becoming, we're sort of moving into post-religious society a little bit closer to Europe? No, and I don't believe that Europe is post-religious either. They're just post-Christianity at this point. Um, A part of the problem with uh, Europe, rather, is the fact that they do have a major influx of Muslims coming in who are trying to impose their religion on people. But the fact of the matter is, is even before they started importing a lot of these people, and even before the Europeans started branching out away from their governments and coming over here for the freedom of religion, there was already an understood idea. And a lot of this comes from the Caesar background of Europe and the fact that Rome controlled most of Europe already, that the government is God and the head of state is um, an object that you're supposed to be worshiping, whether it's the king or the queen. There's an idea that you worship the government and that is starting to come over here as well i'm starting to see and this is you know again we talk we're on a religious show now but i talk politics every week on my show and i see this all the time it is the left in america which is taking over more and more wants to get people away from worshiping god in a church whether it be yahweh in the uh, israeli in the jewish church or God in the Christian church or Allah in the Muslim church. They want us to move away from that and worship the president, the government, the senators, the speaker of the house. We're supposed to worship on that altar rather than the altar of God. So I don't think we're post-religious. They're just introducing a different religion. Okay. That's an interesting take. I, I, I can see it. What do you, what do you make of, uh, evangelical Christianity that's embraced political progressive liberal ideas? How do you, (laughs) I mean, I, I guess probably you and I would agree that that's a contradiction, but what do you, well, a lot of what comes out of that is the fact that 
a lot of these people are raised in a church, like a, a, a more secular, I don't want to say secular, but a more liberal church, like the Lutheran church I grew up in. And a lot of them, again, they come from a union household, especially in the Midwest. You have a lot of union work out here. So a lot of these children were raised to the idea that the union taught them to go to the Democrat party and never question it. And a lot of them never grew out of it when the progressives moved in and the neoliberals got moved out of it. So the contradiction is there, but they're taught to never question the church and never question the Democrat party. So I don't know how they would settle that to be completely honest. Um, so you have kind of the, the dichotomy of the, uh, the religious liberal section of America where they hold to the church as an organization, but are sort of um, letting go of traditional theology in favor of progressive ideology, which is essentially a theology in my opinion. And then you have on the opposite side of the spectrum, the secular, a lot of sections of, of the secular political conservative spectrum who don't are like you they don't have any um allegiance to an organized religion they don't have any necessarily um desire for religion or belief in god at all but they're seeing some value in religious culture and lifestyle and some of the outcomes that you get from living a christian lifestyle so what do you make of that? Well, being a good person is going to be being a good person, no matter what label that you put onto it. Catholics believe in doing a lot of the same things that Lutherans believe in, but they have a lot of the guilt that uh, goes along with that and the worship of the Virgin Mary. And you'll be surprised when you have an internet debate about goodness and getting the government involved and taking care of people rather than private charity, where a lot of people are coming out and saying, well, you hate Jesus because you are not doing X, Y, and Z and voting to have the government do A, B, C, W, and X. I said mm. X twice. <laughs> that one was really important. <laughs> Absolutely. And... I think that's a big part of where the dichotomy comes in and people don't know which way to look where we were talking about just a second ago. People are looking to have the government replace religion and they're using the religion to try and beat the people who cling to the religion, who stay with the religion out of their religion and accept the government as their new benevolent God. So what what do you think is sparking? I mean, you said being a good person is being a good person and I guess you could say that that secular people who are sort of embracing traditional values are just seeing that as being a good person. But where do you think that is stemming from? I think there's a lot of the feminist movement that's involved in that because of body autonomy. And you're just being turned off. <laughs> yeah, well, just, well, it's body autonomy in general. And you're a bit younger than I am, but you grew up in some of the same media as I did. And I mean, you'll look back and remember what we saw coming across the TV all the time. We were constantly told that it was okay to go out and hook up and have sex with whoever that we wanted. And yet when we sat down in catechism class, we were told that any touching below the waist is going too far. So they had that dichotomy and one of the things <laughs> felt good and the other one didn't. 
I think the sexual repression and the fact that we were pushed down so much in the church from ever enjoying that and experimenting with that is a lot of the driver that started driving millennials, especially away from the church, but even the generations before us that taught us. Look at what the baby boomers had to deal with and what they were being forced down their throats back in the 60s and 70s. What the Gen Xers had to do. So are you... Yeah, I, I agree with uh, behavior control and that sort of thing. It has caused a lot of people to mm-hmm. sour to religion. Do you not see um do you not see what I am seeing in the in the secular side of conservative America of uh starting to value traditional um ways of life despite not believing in God? Do you not see that happening? I do and I don't. Like I said, being a good person is always going to be something that's going to drive us. We do have an internal moral compass, whether you believe that it was God that put you there or put the compass there rather, or whether it is just something that we're innately born with. The same ideas and the same things are out there. Murder is wrong. Cheating is wrong. Adultery is wrong. Stealing is wrong. That's always going to be there. The difference between the secular conservatives and the religion is who put that compass there essentially i my my uh sort of i don't know maybe it's simply because i am religious my explanation for it as you say i think you hit the nail on the head when you say that we can recognize morality whether we whether we want to admit that humans are inherently moral people beings uh people do recognize morality um and my philosophy is if you have a true um unbastardized religion that is based on the morality or the ethics of reality which is what i like to call it you don't have to be religious to see that that's the best way to live your life um and that's kind of the reason that i would posit for why secular people are seeing the value of sort of um christian well christian values um but i think that a lot of times religion does itself a disservice by uh uh distorting what the ethics of reality actually is in favor of imposed structured rules which is what gets pushes people away like what you were talking about that does and again it's really hard to think about the fact that you know especially coming from a background like yours and mine where we were taught that god imparted this morality in us and that's the reason that we feel guilt it was the original sin from adam that is the reason that we look at ourselves and we feel improper when we're naked or when we're doing something wrong and yet people that have never heard the word and have never experienced religion or experienced religion in a completely different way, still believe the fact that theft is wrong, adultery is wrong, murder is wrong. Even when, you know, look at some of the pagan religions. So you got the Greek mythology. Zeus was fornicating with anything he could get his hands on and killing people just for fun. And yet the Greeks still grew up with a philosophy that showed that murder was wrong. Well, I think it, I do think that that is one of the most compelling uh if you if you're willing to be completely um completely honest, 
I think universal morality is one of the most compelling arguments for God because you can't explain where it came from very easily. Uh, do you have do you have any um, advice for millennials within the Adventist Church who might be struggling uh, with it as an organization or with their identity in the culture or whatever? As someone looking in from the outside, what would your advice be? Well, the thing that I would impart, the thing that I always impart to everybody, no matter when I'm talking politics, news, or religion at this point, is to find all the facts and draw your own conclusions. And one of the things that I have found by studying religion, because I study it from both the biblical sense and the secular sense, is the fact that the more Mm -hmm. facts that I find about this, the more it keeps drawing me over to Christ. I am coming to Christ on my own without having a pastor or a priest lead me to that. And I think if you really look down at it and look down the secular side, you're going to find God's grace into this, and it's going to draw you back in and whether you want to go back and be with the Adventist church or you find a church whose message more resonates with what you found in your research, just find the facts and you will find your way back to, you'll find your way back to God. Nice. I like it. That I a hundred percent agree. Um, and as someone who does struggle with our organization, I say, follow that advice and uh, draw your own conclusions. <laughs> Um, one, I also sometimes like to talk about pop culture on this podcast and my take on it. Uh, and so sometimes I also ask guests, what are you enjoying in pop culture right now? What are some of the things that you like? Well, I'm going to shamelessly plug, uh, somebody who was just on my show not that long ago, because I am reading a great book by, uh, by an author that I just interviewed called uh, Time's Up. It's by Janie Mack, and she's got a three-book series that's talking about the same characters. So I would definitely uh, go and check that out. For the most part, I'm really unplugged from the media. I do a lot of YouTube videos, and a lot of that is political commentary. But I've been becoming amazed by how many musicians are out there on YouTube that play like seven instruments and just mix it all down and make <laughs> a great nice. one great song out of it all. Yeah, there's some pretty creative stuff out there and youtube is considered part of pop culture so that counts yeah absolutely i mean i looked back um i was just talking with a a musician from the bay area over by you he was on my show and we were talking about a show called video game high school that started out as a five minute youtube show that was completely independent it was all independent creators and there was no studio behind it i got picked up by a studio eventually but it was a yeah, it was all independent to start with. I like a lot of independent yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how all of these like uh, independent like YouTube, just people in their room starting stuff out on the internet are like making actual viable careers out of it. Like, for example, I'm sure everybody knows Miranda Sings, whether you like the character or not. I have a lot of respect for Colleen Ballinger, who does the character as a comedian and as a creative person. She's been able to do incredible stuff and she's actually doing her debut on Broadway in the end of August and hopefully I'm going to be able to catch her as I'm passing through New York but yeah it's crazy what what the internet has been able to do for the independent uh league creative people to just create something without having to be backed by all these big corporations yeah the media used to be the gatekeeper for everything whether it was tv music or news and that's not the case anymore and it's not just I mean you and I look at it and we 
you and I came together from the fact that we watch one same newscaster, Matt Christensen. Yeah. Exactly. But it's more than just news. You know, the TV show that I just pointed out, the music. There are independent studios that are making independent video games off of different engines. The internet has brought yeah, a lot of people cool. together uh, and it's amazing. And hopefully it won't come crashing down <laughs> as it's as the foreboding seems to be appearing. Um, but we won't open that can of worms because we've come to the end of our time. Uh, wh- would you like to plug your show or anything else? Uh, let people know where they can find you, where they can watch your show, etc. Well, I am on Twitter. That is at Ed's blog Twitter with a one in place of the eye. I do a podcast and I do one solo video a week. So every Friday night or every Friday morning, rather, you will see my solo video, which I talk about one news story in depth by myself. And every Tuesday morning, we have Ed's World, in which I have a guest on, and we talk about five to six news stories that are going on through the week. And when this podcast airs, you can look back through my past log and see your great host on Ed's World. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I appreciate you being here. Everyone go check out uh Jadger's show and also you know keep keep digging keep finding the truth and we'll see you next week <laughs>